Project Aurora, also known as Project Dark Star or Project Astra, is a rumoured stealth aircraft programme dating back to the 1980s, with rumoured speeds of over Mach 6, flying heights in excess of 65,000 feet, and theories about a pulse wave detonation engine. Could this be an aircraft that is evidence of reverse-engineered technology, or, with its dark, triangular shape, is it in fact what is behind a lot of UFO sightings? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss Project Aurora. And we, of course, we wouldn't be discussing Project Aurora or anything else without the wonderful help of our Patreon patrons. And this week's episode is dedicated to Dean Nandwani, our Explorer of the Week. Now, if you want to help support us as well as Dee does, then... You only have to go to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored, pick a tier that suits you. Now that might be Explorer of the Week, it might be something more, there are all sorts of goodies that we give away, or it might just be something just so you can get access to our exclusive Discord server and get a bit of a thank you. But whatever you pick, we will be very, very grateful for your support. So this week's episode, Project Aurora, dedicated to Explorer of the Week, Dean Nandwani. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello listeners and welcome to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at UFOs, UAPs, Men in Black, all the mysterious goings on, all the cover-ups, conspiracies. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing very well, thank you, on this bright, sunny day in London. Sun- it's actually a, it's a nice sunny day here in South London. It is. It is still quite sunny. We haven't got the heat that we had before, although it's, I'm still finding it quite warm. Okay, it got dis- I was out in the garden, it got distinctly chilly last night. Really? Yeah, had to put my hoodie on, yeah. Did you? I you were out in the garden at night? Yeah, we, we had a barbecue, so we were sat out there Ah, right, drinking. I was thinking, that's not a time for gardening. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> we've actually got a nice garden. Small, but uh, a nice garden to, to sit in. Yeah, oh, I, I remember your garden. 
I remember we did some uh, some headshot. We did, yeah, and some some videoing back in the back in whenever. Yeah, back pre-pandemic and what have you. No, I'm, I'm. I suppose I'm. I'm sensitive to people doing strange things late at night at the moment because two mm-hmm. nights ago, um, I so where I live in is a block of flats, but my window, which I'm, I'm keeping wide open at the moment in my living room because it, I'm just finding it ridiculously warm still. Um, mm. It's it sort of it, it's two floors up, but it, it sits over the road and I'm not over the road but it goes onto the road um mm. and that's it where overlooks the main road it okay. overlooks the road and and that's where i parked my car and i heard satellite tools dropping on the floor this was like half past 10 at night and mm. i looked out and there were people like in the car behind mine working on wheels and and doing really i'm thinking that's a really bizarre mm. thing to be doing that time of night yeah, did you think a few hours? Looks like they're up to no good. Did you suit up and go and I did bang not. their heads together? I did not. <laughs> um, I'm not that brave. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly, no, it's two guys. I mean, they had like you know the doors of the vehicle open. It was you know, hmm. it didn't look that. Dirty. But I thought doing it that time of night just seems really dodgy. Hmm. Seems yeah, really yeah. weird. It's um, London, isn't it? The twenty-four hours. Well, no, so it's not really London where you were, is it? It's, it's outside it. of London, but it's—I mm. don't know—it's not exactly rural. <laughs> mm. So yeah, yeah. I—I I don't get that whole. I don't know if there's a noise outside after nine o'clock at night. I'm—I'm I'm ultra sensitive to it. Mm. That's one of the reasons I couldn't get on living in London. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you're not wrong. It, everything just keeps going 24 hours a day. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got drug dealers that are just sort of, I mean, we've got a derelict house next to us, and we know that drug dealers go and hide behind the hedge in there, or they, they deal from a car, and you, you can see the junkies sort of, yeah, they, they, they've, they've got that kind of walk, that kind of juddery kind of, you can see that they, they need their fix, and they go approach this parked car and. Uh, some sort of transaction takes place. Sometimes they get in the car. It's sort of three o'clock in the morning. My, my next door neighbour on the other side keeps a close lookout for that sort of thing. Right, right. Do, do, does nobody report it to the police? Um, sometimes. Um, but yeah, when, when you see it, we just know it goes on all the time. Our, our road is a good road for drug dealers. It's they can see quite a long way. They can see police coming from a long way off. And um, right. they the places to hide. Right. Yeah. So. Mm. Mm. I'll have to bear that in mind next time I visit you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you're around at 3am and you fancy you need some, you need some crack or smack, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure someone can sort you out. That's, uh, yeah, not my <laughs> cup of tea. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, we've, uh, <laughs> we, we've got way, way, way off topic today. So... Mm. Today, uh, we're talking about um, something that a lot of people believe, of course, explains a lot of the UFO sightings, not just here in the UK, but around the world. So Uh, we're talking about Project Aurora, sometimes Mm. called Project Dark Star, sometimes called Project Astra. Now, I've, I've looked these things up. 
And there seem to be lots of things with those names. Okay. Um, um, project, um, what have I got? I've got a Project Dark Star, Dark Star, which is the Lockheed Martin RQ-3 um, UAV, unmanned aerial vehicle. It's, it's a, um, a long-distance, well, a high-altitude drone that can stay up for a very long time. Um, that's Project Dark Star. There's also um, Project Dark Star was an open-source MMOG middleware solution written in Java. Okay, I don't think that one's the one that we're talking about. <laughs> okay. We are, we are I've got talking Project about Ast- aircraft. Okay, and I've got Project Astra, the campaign to build the next generation Royal Air Force. Okay, that's yes, that's uh, a, a named project that came out after um, it was it was touted for these. So this goes back to the nineteen eighties that I'm aware of, right. um, when you had um, you've got these supersonic uh, stealth craft like the Blackbird and things like that. Mm. Um, this was allegedly going to be the next generation on from mm. that. Like I say, going back to, to the 1980s, um, Project, I mean, we'll stick with Project Aurora. I think that's the most commonly used title uh, mm. for this. Uh, this is a stealth vehicle that could operate allegedly at 67,000 feet. Um, and could do in excess of Mach 6. Crikey. Six times the speed of sound. Okay, that's a different aircraft. Because I can imagine that that uh, the US Air Force or the US militaries or our military's uh, requirements have changed regarding reconnaissance, reconnaissance aircraft. I mean, the, the Blackbird, I think, was a replacement for the U-2 spy plane, mm. that it was higher, it would fly faster. I remember one came over for an air show in Britain. It flew across the Atlantic, um, and it took it, – it, it began its turn to, to, to you know, begin its approach, um, by which by, – by the time it sort of got to the apex of its turn, it was over Amsterdam and then sort of made its descent <laughs> yeah. from, from there. So it's, it's – and, and it's – apparently there's so much friction – um, that the aircraft will actually gain about half a meter in length as, as mm. the metals it's made of expand, and so it has to. They have to make sure it expands in a certain way that doesn't uh, doesn't distort it. So very fast flight. But to, to to overfly something like Russia or the Soviet Union, as it was, a, a countries with sophisticated air defense systems. Whereas now, if they want to keep an eye on somewhere like Syria, Libya, Afghanistan. What they want is something that can just stay up in the sky for a long time and at, a, at an altitude where you know, it's not going to be visible to the naked eye. They haven't got sophisticated air defense systems. And if they shoot it down, well, if someone if it does fly into an area where someone's got sophisticated air defense systems, well, yeah, at least you haven't lost a pilot. That's, uh, well, that's true. Um, now, I've not seen anything about these um this project aurora being drones myself Hmm. um but it's interesting just to go back on something you said about the the plane itself sort of gaining half a meter in length Hmm. um there's a a lovely story that i remember uh my friend ed who's who's a regular listener hello Hmm. ed um ed told me about concord 
mm. which was that the the operations panels inside the cockpit when it was going supersonic uh, would expand such that there would be a gap between the the consoles. <laughs> and what uh, what the pilots or navigator or, or whoever would do is they'd stick their cap in between the take the cap off there they'd put it in between the gap so that when it slowed down the cap would get jammed stuck in there and it was kind of like a badge of honor to get your cap stuck <laughs> in it <laughs> so i really like the idea i like the idea that there's a scrapped concord somewhere with a cat mm. <laughs> stuck inside the cockpit that no one's ever going to get out. Um, but okay, um, now there's there's some interesting aspects with this Project Aurora. So um, hmm. obviously it's a stealth vehicle. It's got a very low profile. Hmm. Um, but one of the key things, and this is where we're, we're talking about it today uh, as, uh, as a UFO, connection or there's a couple of uh, aspects to this but the key one is these are obviously black because stealth vehicles are black triangular vehicle and it's been reported many times that this may be the explanation for the black triangular ufos that people keep seeing well, certainly we've talked a lot about black triangular UFOs, and if someone suddenly saw a black craft that was triangle-shaped going over them, they, they would assume it was one of these things that we've been talking about. Um, so are we talking about a, 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 a manned vehicle? I was thinking of a better word because it might be a woman flying it. But um, Yes, yes. Or, or pilot, someone, yes. Or the, someone female identifying it. With a pilot on board, a, cr- a crew. Yeah. Okay, so we're not, not looking at the Lockheed Martin RQ-3 Dark Star, which is a, a drone, which actually has a, a very UFO look to it. It looks basically like a, a flying saucer, but then with a massive wing on the back. Okay. Yes, so yes, tra- I think I've, I remember having seen... I'm, I'm trying to think that. how best to describe it. It is it is just like a... a, a, a the kind of wing you'd have on a glider, so very, very straight, even mm. angled slightly forwards, um, very, very, very thin, very long, and then instead of a, a, a fuselage going going through it, you've just got like a little, a little round um, thing on on the front of it. So there's nothing behind the wing. It, it is like it's like an aircraft that's been chopped off behind the front wing. A glide. Mm. Imagine a glider chopped off behind the front wing. It looks something like that. But the bit that's in front of the wing is quite flying saucer shaped. Right. Sort of sort of oval lozenge kind of shape. If I can if that's a but it's only it's only it's fifteen feet in length, but with a sixty nine foot wingspan. For our Europeans, that's European listeners, that's a four point six meters in length, but twenty one point three meters wingspan. And, and, and one meter high, so it's obviously not. Um, and for our uh, American uh, listeners, how many football fields is that? <laughs> uh, are we are we are we talking soccer or um or, or what they call football? I what most of our listeners would call football. The, I have the, no idea. The, the, when the, the you see this in the papers, I, I don't know which one they're talking. I was saying that with a, a pinch of salt and a bit of yeah, for a bit I, of fun. I, I'm not a big sports fan, and I don't really know measurements of 
football pitches and cricket pitches. No, I've, rugby I've got pitches. no idea. I think That's... a rugby pitch is about the same size as a, a, a soccer pitch, isn't it? I, I, I think would roughly, guess. I think um, it's a, maybe a little bit bigger. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Mm. I'm showing my ignorance here. It's all sports ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, we, well, I think we, what we're talking about here is in, in its broadest sense, um, and you would include your Lockheed drone mm. in this, is prototype or, or experimental vehicles that are being mislabeled as UFOs. Mm. As I mean, they are until they're identified the UFOs, but, uh, mm. but as flying saucers, if you like, or yeah. spacecraft. Um, but Aurora is the one that, that many people point to and say, look, you're seeing these black triangles. Look, it is a black triangle. Mm. Now, interestingly, nobody actually has any footage of Project Aurora. Mm. Um, it, actually, sorry, I, I have to say that... that I just looked up the Aurora craft, the mancraft. It looks very much like the um, the Lockheed Martin unmanned drone in in terms of the shape of the body, except that instead of just having one very wide wing glider type wing on the back, it's got a delta wing which begins near the front of the aircraft, the 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 bow, and then and then sort of doesn't go much beyond the stern. But it's a delta wing with then a fin on each wing, according yes. to this artist's conception of the Aurora aircraft. Yes, um, I'm, I'm familiar with the one you, you're describing. Yeah. There are a couple of different artist conceptions because people have claimed to have seen them, um, mm. but nobody actually has any footage of them that they can point to and say that's definitely what it is. Um, mm. But there's there's another intriguing aspect. So to give give a little bit of the history in terms of uh, identification of this vehicle. Back mm. in the 80s, there was a story where a couple of aircraft were being picked up on radar, moving mm. incredibly fast. Um, um, there was a radio. series of mysterious sonic booms as well in Southern yes, California. That's, that's the very one. And repeated yeah. sonic booms over and over and over again. And mm. um, now that ties into something else that's interesting about this, this particular theoretical aircraft. Mm. Um, but beyond that, nobody has actually captured this thing either on photograph or on radar or anything like that. The mm. theory goes, you, you, you do have a series of eyewitness claims about this mm. craft over Scotland, interestingly enough, yeah, um, here in the UK, or oh, currently still here in the UK. Mm. Um and uh, a lot of people claim, well, that's because they've improved the technology since the eighties, which so they would have done. You can't see it now, so it's, yeah, so the people claiming basically it's up there and it's still moving about, but you're mm. just not getting to see it. I mean, people have claimed to see an unfamiliar isosceles triangle-shaped Delta aircraft, apparently refueling from a Boeing KC one three five Strato tanker, accompanied by a pair of F-111 fighter bombers. And um, there was a picture uh, mocked up by a newspaper of mm. what that might look like in order to accompany a story. But it was yeah. it was just a mock-up. It wasn't yeah. an actual 
all, all the pictures I've got, some of them quite quite detailed. There's a sort of um, profile view, a top view, and a front view or rear view. Oh, it looks like a rear view because you can see the jets. Um, but yeah, it is just an artist rendering. I mean, 1992, British Defence Secretary Tom King was told there is no knowledge in the MOD of a black program of this nature. Although it would not surprise the relevant desk officers in the air staff and defence intelligence staff if it did exist. Apparently, there was a, a crash at RAF Boscombe Down in Wiltshire, um, mm -hmm. crop circle territory, yep. in September 1994 which appeared to be closely linked to black missions. Um, further investigation was hampered by USAF aircraft flooding into the base and some special air service personnel arrived in plain clothes in a helicopter and the crash site was protected from view from fire engines and tarpaulins and the base was closed to all flights soon afterwards. So, um, But that was an RAF base, so I think that was... I, I think that would be a procedure for any experimental craft, though, wouldn't it? Um, I would, I would guess so. Yeah. But, um, it's interesting it's, it, you, you use the word jets though, because, um, one of the characteristics of this particular vehicle hmm. is that it doesn't use jets. It doesn't have a traditional engine. Hmm. It uses what is called a pulse wave detonation engine. Okay. Uh, so I don't understand the technology of this whatsoever, but it's to do with the fuel exploding at supersonic speeds right. makes it far more efficient. And that's why rather than just getting a sonic boom as it accelerates, you're getting these repeated sonic booms over and over and over again. So they're not really sonic booms, radar. they're actually explosions that are powering the thing. Um, yeah. I mean, what it looks like from, from the rear view, it looks like it's got a bank of floodlights uh, mm. uh, in, in a little sort of pod towards the rear of the aircraft. But that's um, all artist impressions. Yeah. It's that's yeah, that's all artist impressions, but yeah, it's, but it doesn't look like a traditional jet. It doesn't seem to have a you know air intakes or I don't know. Maybe if it, if it is a traditional jet, it's, it seems too small. It seems too short to be a a jet. It's yes. just this little little unit at the back. So maybe they've they've developed this new propulsion technology. I wonder, does this aircraft take off from the ground, or would it be carried into the sky in a, on something like a B fifty two and and released like a, a an air to air or air to surface in, missile? Yeah, in the way that the shuttlecraft is. Uh, well, no, the shuttlecraft is. I mean, it's on a rocket, isn't it? it basically, it's it's fired. Yeah, I'm thinking get, of something like that. Like, you get like some that piggyback. Do you? Yeah, you get shuttles that piggyback, and yeah, they're not all launched on. Um... I thought they were all launched from from a rocket. I'm I'm thinking of something like Chuck Yeager's. Um, what, what was it? The X. Was it the X two or X three or X? I, I don't. Know. But um, it was a small rocket craft that was carried up to a high altitude by a bomber and then released like a missile, and then he would go for his, his yes. speed record. Yes. Uh, let me... Yes, and yes, I know the, the one you speak. Um, yeah. There, there's yeah. no reason why not. Um, yeah, it was a... 
Yeah, it was designed with thin, unswept wings and a streamlined fuselage modelled modeled after a 50 caliber bullet. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't, it still doesn't. Oh, what plane did he break the sound barrier in? It was the Bell X1. The X1. Which, which he used to break the sound barrier back in, back in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Well, right, up, right after the Second World War. So, yeah, with with Project Aurora, then you, yeah, you've got this mysterious. And yeah, I, I've no idea if they take off from the ground, if they use conventional mm. sort of engines, or if yeah, mm. if they're piggybacked. It, it would make more sense, wouldn't it, if it's piggybacked to a certain height and speed, and then this this pulse wave detonation engine kicks in. Well, yeah, I mean, carried to somewhere near where they want to spy on and then sort of released a few miles away and then, yeah, that engine kicks in and it... Well, if it's going at Mach 6, it wouldn't need to be that close, to be honest, would it? No, but, you know, thinking of fuel and whatever, it doesn't look like it's... I mean, it's a relatively small aircraft. I don't know what kind of range it's got, but obviously you'd want to need it to fly... You wouldn't want it flying a long distance before it got anywhere near what you wanted to look at. You, no, you can carry it no. somewhere with something else. But uh, but yeah, so this this is uh, now yeah. now you've got two camps with this this project, Aurora. Mm. You've got one side that says, "Look, this explains all your triangular UFOs that you keep mm. reporting." You've got ufologists on the other side. Saying, hmm. well, look, this is evidence of reverse engineered technology. Hmm. You know, they've obviously got a UFO that they're duplicating uh, for terrestrial technology. Um, well, they've, they've developed a new kind of rocket engine by the looks of it. But, I mean, how, how big is this thing? Well, th- this is I mean, the thing. We don't know because nobody has actually... It, it's not public. It's not acknowledged. Hmm. There's no schematics out there or anything. All you've got is some people who claim to have seen it. Hmm. Well, what what it's there about the sonic booms detected in Southern California? It says the sonic booms were characteristic of a smaller vehicle rather than of the thirty-seven meter long space shuttle orbiter. So it's much smaller than the space shuttle. But a lot of these black triangle craft that people are seeing, they're they're the size of city blocks, aren't they? They can be, they can be, and another major characteristic of these black triangles is they're often seen moving very very slowly i mean they might accelerate mm. rapidly away mm. but they're seen moving very very slowly and silently now the silent bit again apparently this is an aspect of this pulse wave detonation engine is um other than the actual sonic booms which it's been theorized they've now found a way of sort of deadening the sound for that so that that's not picked up on radar. Mm. Um, But apart from that, the engine itself is silent. Right. Well, even even if the engine did make a lot of noise, um, by the time you heard it coming, the the plane itself would have flown overhead, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. 
It's yes. going way faster than the speed of sound. I mean, you see that with a conventional jet, that um, you, you can see the jet, but the sound appears to be coming from a mile or so behind it. Yeah, but even with a, um, a with a, with a spy plane, you don't want to know that one has been there. But if it then if it's at 60, 67,000 feet, hmm. I think even then you're not going to be aware on the ground, are you? Well, you, you think of a conventional airliner where you can't really see much more apart from the the, the trail, the vapor trail. You can't really hear them. You only hear them when you're, they're, they're close enough to actually see them in some sort of detail, aren't they? Exactly, and that's what, 20,000 feet, 20 to 30? Yeah, so less than half. So, so thirty. The yeah, thirty. Yeah. So yeah. So, um, I mean, I remember the thing I remember about Concorde was it was because it it took such a long time to develop. I mean, it was conceived in the probably the nineteen fifties. Um, didn't actually fly until the nineteen seventies. It was it was something that was geared towards a, a group of people called the Jet Set, people who were. Fairly wealthy, and they will be flying in relatively small numbers because they're in a privileged elite, and they will be wanting to fly between London and New York. Uh, by the time Concorde was sort of ready for service, requirements of aviation had changed. That suddenly, what they wanted was aircraft that will carry a lot of passengers to destinations, you know, carrying, say from Britain to the Costa del Sol in Spain. So a relatively short distance, large numbers, cheap. That's what that's what the that's what airlines really needed. So mm. Concorde was kind of a it, it was yeah, it was not not so much redundant, um, but yeah, wealthy people would travel on it and you'd have the experience of arriving in New York before you'd left, before you'd left London, because of the, the time difference. Um but yeah, it. But 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 what the point I was getting at was that um, modern modern airliners they have different engines. If you look at the engines, they are much sort of wider in diameter mm. and much quieter. Whereas the Concorde had these small, slim engines that were really noisy. I mean, we'd hear Concorde going, we thought, overhead, and you go and look for it, and you'd see it way off in the distance. You can't believe it was making that much noise. Yeah. So, yeah, they have managed to make jet engines quieter anyway. Um, there's an interesting um, – when I, I used to live in Cornwall, this was mm. back, um, back end of the 1990s, and – Concorde wasn't allowed to go supersonic until it wasn't over the country anymore. Yeah. Well, every week without fail, regular as clockwork, we'd hear the supersonic boom. Would you? Um, not because it was engaging overcut, but because it was just far enough away mm. that you got, you know, it, it basically it, it went supersonic. Um, but mm. the boom carried enough that we could actually hear it. Now, I was I mean, right in the coast of Cornwall. <laughs> can can a, su- a, son- a supersonic boom do damage to things on the ground if the plane's low enough? If it's low yeah. enough and if it's close enough, yeah. So a fighter jet flying over at a, a, a height of a couple of hundred feet, um, um, that could break windows and things. I would imagine so. I would have thought so. I mean, this was just like every... Every week, I think it was on a Friday mm. night, if I remember right, at about eight o'clock, mm. we just hear this boom. Because at first, when now, we first moved there, I wondered what the hell it was. Yeah. And then we realised that like, every week, regular as clockwork, just boom. 
And that was mm. it. You know, you just hear it. It wasn't it wasn't disruptive and it didn't do damage or anything like that. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was a bit of uh, a bit of fun. Now we've hit that time in the show when we summarize our thoughts. So Project Aurora, Neil, is it the explanation for all these black triangle UFOs that we see? Is it um, is it, it reverse engineered from UFOs? What do I we mean, think? We, we, we have speculated a lot about whether UFO sightings could be attributed to experimental aircraft mm. um, and, and perhaps um, an incentive for the military to not disavow people of that. So anyone who see, happens to see one of their aircraft flying, um, when they go and tell the tale, they'll just be dismissed as a as a raving nut job who's <laughs> the, the yes. little green men are here. They they, they have um, they have a motivation to do that. So possibly um, it's just that a lot of these black triangles that we've described or seen described are much much bigger than this and move in a completely different way. Hmm. So I, I possibly don't know. I have to also ask about the propulsion system. I mean, I wonder if it's particularly polluting. And that the military don't really care when they're flying over enemy territory how polluting their their propulsion system might be, but they might care when they're flying over flying over home territory and polluting their own citizens. The pulse wave detonation engine, yeah, is, the pulse is wave. apparently extremely clean and incredibly efficient. Um, it, it's been cited as part of the technologies that have been hidden from us as the as the public because it would go a long way towards ending our reliance on fossil fuels and nuclear. Wow. Who'd have thought that it would be the US military that would come up with something to replace fossil oh, fuels? Think, uh, yeah, they're, they're exactly the people who would do it. They're also exactly the people who would keep it quiet and not release it to the public. Yeah. But, you know... Um, I'm going to say this as a, as, a, as an old lefty. Uh, America has gone to war over you know, Iraq. We think a big incentive mm. for going into Iraq was the availability of fossil fuels that would be that they would be able to harvest. Yes. Um, that, so so yeah. So but the, the, but then the military is going to develop an aircraft that doesn't rely on fossil fuels, and and develop new technologies that don't rely on fossil fuels. Which um, you know they're they're backers, people who you know. Who, who might have offered a reason to go to war in the first place? Something to say. Well, wait a minute. This, this, we want to go to war to harvest fossil fuels, and you're saying we don't need them anymore. Yeah, but there, there are people out there who make a lot of money out of war. Yeah, but oh, but they also make money out of out of fossil fuels, um, and they do mm. make money out of fossil fuels. That's why they would keep it completely mm. and utterly secret. I mean, that's, I mean, that's going a little bit down the rabbit hole. <laughs> the whole, but but we, are, we are we are in a war. At the, well, our government would have us believe we are in a war with Russia at the moment over, over the Ukraine thing. And Russia's economy globally is really insignificant. The only thing that they've got that, that other people might be reliant on. I mean, none of us own Russian cars or fridges or mm. telephones or whatever. The, the main thing Russia's, Russia's got to offer, offer is oil and gas. Yes, that's, that's the, so if you've developed a technology that doesn't rely on oil and gas to put a, a very fast plane in the air, then yeah, now's the time to to say so to but say the they, Russians, you know, you're going to lose your you're going to lose your um your ace if they wheel it out 
many, many, many billionaires will not be billionaires anymore. Mm. So do you think they're going to allow that? That's always the problem, isn't it, when you have with a, a system like ours? It is, very much so. When, um, when we've got a sort of militarised global corporate state. But, uh, but I'm going to push you... I'm going to push you for an answer on this. So, yeah, you, you don't think it's an explanation for the Black Triangle UFOs that, that get reported. Is um, it reverse-engineered technology, then, from a UFO? I, I don't see why it necessarily would be. I think you know people are always working on, on new innovations, and it you know, it could be reverse-engineered engine technology. I'm just surprised that UFOs keep crashing so often. Um so why so often? I don't, I don't get. Well, you've said that before. I don't get why you're saying so often. It's not that regular. They, they, they do seem to. We do seem to cover an awful lot of stuff about crashed UFOs. I, th- so, I think it's the same crashed UFO over and over again. Is it? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm not necessarily going to say. Well, yes, we, if we've developed new technology. It's 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 a it's a quantum leap. It's a game changer. Therefore, it must be reverse engineered alien technology. I, I don't. I'd need more evidence to say to yeah. say yes, that's where it's come from. I'd also need more evidence to say that yes, it's these it's these experimental aircraft that are being mistaken for for UFOs. Um, there are all sorts of explanations for those black triangles in the sky. I mean, I'm going to go a little bit left field here, and I'm going to say I think Project Aurora is just a myth. I don't think it actually exists. Mm. I think there are other explanations for what happened in the 1980s with with the um, the sonic booms that were picked up, and quite possibly, yeah, that might have been an experimental aircraft. But I don't believe we have a craft or or that a craft exists that can do mar- or over Mark Six, not just Mark Six, but over Mark Six. Um, doesn't the space shuttle do that? Um. Not in all, not in the atmosphere. I don't. But believe. in orbit, it's. Uh, I mean, it is the fastest aircraft in the world, isn't it? If you can call it an aircraft, but yeah, it uh, is. Uh, but but to make that a stealth aircraft would be yeah. I I, mm. I I honestly think Project Aurora is just a myth. And yeah, it, it's interesting to talk about these things. Um, it's interesting to speculate, but that's that's all you ever get about Project Aurora is artists' impressions of it and mm. people speculating, well, it might be this and it might be that and it might be the other, which, to me, it, it's even less reliable than UFOs. Yeah, I, I can't I can't say I disagree with that. You know, I, I know the US military will always be developing concept aircraft. They'll be experimenting with things they, they'll, and they'll be doing it largely in secret. Mm. But, yeah, whether they have made that, that kind of leap... I, yeah, I, and I especially with drones, you know, you're losing the weight of the crew and the life support equipment mm. that you have in there. Um, you're uh, avoiding the problem of sudden acceleration or deceleration, or you know, mm. the g forces involved with turns. That they're, they're yeah, drones are definitely a way forward to much faster, more manoeuvrable craft. Um, well, I have I have heard it said. Um, that the current generation of manned military aircraft will be the last generation. That no people, yeah, we are looking at drones now, because as as you say, you don't need to support a pilot. You can make them smaller, faster, less detectable by radar. You know, a B one bomber might be 
might have a very small radar radar image, but a craft that doesn't actually have to carry a crew can be made much smaller. Yes, yes, it can. I, I mean, yeah, I think there'll always be manned aircraft. Personally. But not necessarily strike aircraft. Ah, that, yes. That's what... Yes, in, in warfare. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, but what do you think, listeners? Um, is there more evidence about Project Aurora that we are unaware of? Uh, is it a genuine thing? Or do you think maybe it's uh, it's a bit of nonsense and it's a bit of made-up? Um, do let us know what you think via the usual means. You can contact us by email, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can contact us through Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored. And do give us a cheeky follow on those. It's much appreciated when you do. Uh, oh, and while I'm on that subject, if you can give us a quick review wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, that helps other people find little podcasts like ours, um, and it'll be much, much appreciated. And the other thing that we appreciate as well, of course, is when people sign up to our Patreon uh, at patreon.com forward slash aliens explored if you pick a tier that suits you then you get exclusive access to our discord server where you can chat in real time with other like-minded people about this subject about other subjects that we talk about about anything to do with ufos really uh, the sky's the limit, Neil. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's a <laughs> absolutely, <for> yeah. <laughs> not if you're uh, a UFO, it's not. The sky's there, isn't, there are no limits. That's very, very true. Um, anyway, join us next time when. Oh, Neil, do you remember back in episode sixty-seven? Uh, we discussed the two thousand and one National Press Club event, uh, where lots of uh, senior Military people came forward and shared their UFO encounters publicly. It rings a bell, yes. It rings a bell. Well, it was followed up in 2013 um, with the Citizens Hearing on Disclosure, a five-day National Press Club event, uh, again run by Dr. Stephen Greer. Um, Mm. We're going to be talking about that next time. So... Don't want to miss that one, listeners. We don't. In the meantime, keep watching all these Black Project technologies coming out. Or are they? And keep watching the skies, Take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.